You're listening to the English Ministry Podcast of Chinese Christian Church Thousand Oaks. Join us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Find out more at english.cccto.org. Well, last week um, I shared a message about how God can use pain to draw us closer to Himself. And how even though we go through painful times, that God would use that to help us so that we would know how to care for others. And that's sort of where we stopped last week. And this week, I want to talk about how we can give comfort to other people. And how God can use us to give comfort to those who are in pain. And this is something that all of us need often. And you probably right now either know somebody who needs comfort or you're the person who needs comfort yourself. And this is a very vital part of our Christianity. This is a very vital part about why God became a man in Jesus so that Jesus could understand what we went through so that he could give us the compassions and he could give us the tenderness and, of course, he could give us the forgiveness that we needed. Last week in our Ace Adult Sunday School class, Uh, we were asked a question, a conversational question. And the question was this. Describe an experience in in which you shared something intimate with a friend or family member, and they listened intently and authentically. Have you had the opposite experience, where someone clearly wasn't listening with compassion? How did these experiences make you feel? So when I shared my answer to this question, I remembered a time, actually two times, where I was in great pain, and I was dealing with a lot of problems, and I was really struggling um, with emotional discouragement, and I just really needed a friend. And I had a friend who was a pastor, and I was building up my friendship with him, and so I went to him, and I shared my problem with him. And right after I shared my problem, he said to me, you know, I know how you feel. I know how you feel because this is what's happened in my life, and this is what's going on with me. And he just went on to tell me about his problems. I was like, oh, okay. Well, I didn't feel any compassion. I didn't feel any help. And, and he was a fellow pastor. And I'm like, okay, I guess you're not my pastor. Um, But then I had another time in my life, and I was going through an equally hard time. And I also had a new friend who was also a pastor. And I shared with him my heart, and I shared with him my pain. And I actually was crying when I shared with him. And my eyes were closed, and when I looked up, after I had finished sharing, I looked up at him, and he was crying. I knew He experienced my pain. And I asked him, so I asked him, why why are you crying? And all he said was, because you are. Obviously, it was pastor number two that gave me the comfort and the sharing that I needed. And I know that you want to be that type of person. And God wants us to be that type of person. God wants us to be people who can comfort others. And today, we're going to see the Apostle Paul teach us how we can be that type of person who gives comfort to other people. If you would um, stand with me, we're going to read our scriptures together. 
And they are taken from 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 11. Let's say them together. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. For just as the sufferings of Christ flow over into our lives, so also through Christ our comfort overflows. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. And our hope for you is firm, because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about the hardships we suffered in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired even of life. Indeed, in our hearts, we felt the sentence of death. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God, who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us as you help us by your prayers. Then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many. Amen. Please be seated. So God shows us here in the life of Paul how you and I can begin to share comfort with other people. And as we have read these words of Paul, one of the things that we see is that Paul himself had felt distress. Paul himself had felt discouragement. He had felt so much discouragement that he thought he was going to die. It was this that Paul was going through that allowed him to be able to turn to the Corinthians and say, you are the reason why I suffered. But also, because I suffered, I am now able to give comfort to you. And you are also able to give comfort to others because of the suffering that you've gone through. Paul is telling us a principle here about suffering and about comfort. And the principle is this. Those who suffer can give comfort the best. Those who suffer can give comfort comfort the best. In fact, we would even say that it is a prerequisite to be able to give comfort only after you have suffered. In one of my favorite books, uh, written by Henry Nouwen, who is a professor at um, Harvard and also in Oxford in in England, um, he wrote a wonderful book called The Wounded Healer. And in this, he says these words, He says, for all ministers are called to recognize the sufferings of their time in their own hearts and make to that recognition the starting point of their service. Now, when he says the word ministers here, I don't believe he's just talking about people who are in ministry like myself or Pastor Peter or or JC. I believe he's talking about all people who are Christians And that all people ought to be ministers. And what he's sharing with us is that for us to be a minister, the place of ministry and comfort begins where we ourselves have suffered. 
where we ourselves have gone through difficult times. And when we recognize the purpose of our suffering, we are then able to care for other people with compassion. We are then able to care for other people so that they would know that, you know what, you really do know how I feel. Because if somebody didn't go through what you've gone through, it's hard for them to say, I know how you, what you feel like. God has his servants go through suffering. In fact, the Apostle Paul began his ministry. He began his call to ministry with suffering. And maybe you remember this. Paul was not a believer. He was a Pharisee. He was persecuting the believers. He was approving of them being killed. And he was on a road, on a road to a city called Damascus. And it was there that the Lord met him. And he was struck down off of his mount, and he was struck blind. And then he went into the city, and there he was, and he was waiting. He didn't know what was to happen next, but God was going to send somebody to him. And the person that God was going to send to him to help him and to introduce him into the Christian community was a man named Ananias. And we read in Acts chapter 9, verse 15, where it says, But the Lord said to Ananias, Go. This man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings and before the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. The ministry of the Apostle Paul began with suffering. And it was through the times of suffering, even as we read read in our passage for today in 2 Corinthians, that it was through this suffering that Paul was able to present ministry to the world. But this isn't true just for Paul. It's true for all of God's children. The Apostle Peter wrote in his epistle, And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. God is going to use suffering in our lives to make us strong and firm and steadfast. God is going to use suffering in our lives to help us to be able to be compassionate towards other people. God is going to use suffering in our lives so that we are going to find the comfort of God to give that comfort to other people. There are four bold declarations that I can see here in the passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 that God would have us to be able to say that Paul, I believe, would tell us we should say when we're going through suffering so that we are able then to comfort other people, so that we can also be comforted ourselves. And the first statement is this, that whatever suffering I'm going through, God is in my suffering. Can you say that with me, just a statement? God is in my suffering. Can we say it again? God is in my suffering. This is something that should give us comfort to know that where we are, God is with us, no matter what kind of suffering we're going through. Verse 3, again it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. And so we see here something true about God 
And we see here something true about Jesus. In fact, we see two things that's true about Jesus. And that, that God is his father. And we can understand that because Jesus is the son of God. But it's also interesting that the Bible says that God is the God of the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, Jesus Christ, God, is God. Now, how can that be? How can it be that Jesus Christ, who is God, also has God as his God? Well, we understand this by understanding that Jesus became a man. And that by becoming a man, he was able to be our Messiah, our Savior, our mediator. And as the mediator, he suffered. And as a human being, he gave up part of his presence. He gave up his presence in heaven to come down to earth and to be here in his human nature, perfect human nature for him. But still he suffered and he became dependent upon God in his suffering. And it's in his humanity, in his perfect humanity, that God is his God. We see this very clearly in Mark chapter 4. Jesus is on the cross. He is paying the price as our substitute. He is the mediator for you and for me. He is the one who is going to die in our behalf. And he says as he's on the cross, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And so Jesus calls his father his God as he is dying on the cross for our sins as mediator. In John chapter 20, verse 17, Jesus is now, the cross is over. Jesus has resurrected. Jesus is going to return to the Father. And he's come out of the grave and Jesus says to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my Father. But go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. And this is so important for you and for me because Jesus became man and in that God is his God. But Jesus also tells us that it's not just his God, but it's also our God. And so the same God that Jesus has is the same God that you and I have. And God tells us in his word here that this God is the God of compassion in verse 3. Jesus' God is a God of compassion. And this word compassion means mercies and pity. That God has compassion on us. And also that God has his comfort to give to us. The word comfort is used at least ten times in the Greek. In verses 3 through 7. It's used five times in verses 3 through 4. And so we can see it again here, and I'll read it. It says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received. And what we received is comfort. It's in the Greek. It's not there in the NIV. But we received comfort from God. This word comfort, is the word paraclesis or paraclesis. And it's, it's a noun. And it's the same noun that is used for the Holy Spirit who is called the paraclete. 
In John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor or a paraclete. Jesus is also called the paraclete. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 1, the Bible says, My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate. And that advocate is the Greek word paraclete. With the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And so what we have here is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, who are all gods of comfort. They are God who gives us this comfort that we, in any kind of trouble that we're going through, can find His presence with us. The word trouble means physical pressure on somebody, literal pressure on top of someone. And this is a type of pressure that we might feel as we're going through the trials of our lives. But it is in this trouble that we have our God with us. And it's in this trouble that we are given a promise that the comfort that we have has a purpose. And that purpose is that we are going to be able to give comfort to other people. I remember I was still a fairly young Christian. I'd been a Christian for about three years. I was about 20 years old, and I was going through the first major trial of my Christian life. And it was a very difficult time, and I was talking to a counselor, and he's a Christian man. I still remember his name. His name's Dr. Keith Olson. And we were talking about what I was going through. And I said to him, Dr. Olson, there is this hope that I have, that even though I'm going through pain, and I remembered this verse, and I held on to this verse, that the comfort that God is going to give me, and I didn't even have that comfort yet. But I held on to the hope that there would be a comfort that would come eventually to help deal with my problems. In that case, it was really severe depression. And that God would give me comfort in this depression so that someday I would be able to give comfort to other people. Now, many, many years later, God has given Carol and I an opportunity of sharing this comfort and in many other ways in mental health through the Enlightened Seminar. That we can talk and we can give comfort to those who have gone through bipolar as Carol has bipolar, who's gone through OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, as I have gone through that. And to both of us who have gone through depression because of those two things. That we are able to understand what other people are going through because of all that we've gone through. And the promise that God gave to me in those verses 40 years ago are the promises that still are coming true today. And those are the promises that Paul says are for all of us. And that's why he could begin by saying, praise be to God in verse 3. Because he had already been experiencing the deliverance of his pain. He had been experiencing the deliverance from his troubles. He was experiencing the comfort of God. And he is beginning to see the meaning of that comfort was so that he could give it to other people. Because he knew that God was in his suffering. He could tell other people God is in their sufferings too. Well, the second statement that we can say and that we can tell other people that they can say that there is fellowship in my suffering. There is fellowship in my suffering. In verse 5, it says, for just as the sufferings of Christ flow over into our lives, so also through Christ our comfort overflows. 
God is giving to us a comfort through Jesus, and it overflows. And it is a comfort that Jesus shares with us because he understands what we have gone through because of what he goes through. And now we, because we belong to Christ, can share in the fellowship of his sufferings, which is also helping us to become more and more like him. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, the Bible says, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings. God wants us to know that there is a sharing in sufferings that draws people together. That when we come across somebody, like when I came across my friend and he was crying after I finished sharing just because I was crying. He was sharing fellowship with me. He was helping me to know that he cared in the same way Christ shares his fellowship with us. In Romans chapter 8, verse 16 and 17, the Bible says the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glories and in these sufferings that paul's talking about to the romans he's talking about those sufferings that you and i go through simply because we are believers in christ they are the sufferings of staying faithful to god in a world that would have us to compromise it's the suffering that we might go through because we hold on to the truth of what god's word says even though the world wants us to live in a pluralistic politically correct environment God would have us to know that every real believer will suffer if they stand up for Jesus as we ought to. And it is in this that we learn that there is a fellowship with others who have gone through similar sufferings or even greater sufferings because they belong to Jesus. It is this suffering that we are in a fellowship with other people that helps us to know that we are not alone as well as helping others to know that there are those who care. In verse 6, Paul goes on and he says, if we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. And our hope for you is firm because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, So you share in our comfort. Paul is now opening up his life. And he's helping them to understand that he too has suffered. He too has gone through great trials. And he's saying, you can look at me. And you can see that God has comforted me. And it is this comfort that God has given to me. As a sacred trust that I can give it to you. That God gives us our trials on behalf of other people. God allows us to go through difficulty for the sake of others. God lets us go through something so that we can have something to give to someone else because we really do understand. We really do know what it's like, know what it's like to go through difficulties. And when we go through greater sufferings, we are able to help those who even go through lesser sufferings. It's like somebody who's gone through a breakup with a a girlfriend or a boyfriend. 
and they're, they're hurting and they're like in a lot of pain. And let's say they come up to somebody and they're going through a divorce. And the youth says, oh, you know what? I, I know what you're going through because I just broke up with my girlfriend or boyfriend. It's like, no, you don't. That's not, that's not true. It's nothing, not even comparable. But if the person who's gone through a divorce or is going through one comes across somebody who's just broken up with their girlfriend or boyfriend, they can truly say to them, you know what? I know what you're going through. And they will have compassion. And they can have understanding. Nobody wants to go through the sufferings of life. Nobody wants to go through the difficulties of life. But when it happens, they are given to us as a sacred trust so that we can help somebody else with the trials that they've gone through. That we can help others. That we are able to give to them something of value and something of worth because of our humility for what we've gone through, because of our pain, even because of our sin, that we are able to be sympathetic to other people and not judgmental. We're able to give to them something that God has given to us. Paul would have us also to say a third bold statement, and that is that even though I am suffering, I will rely on God. Even though I'm suffering, I will rely on God. Verse 8 says this, We do not want you to be uninformed brothers about the hardships we suffered in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired even of life. Paul thought he was going to die. He was serving the Lord. He was being greatly persecuted. He says that they were under great pressure. And this word pressure means to be pressed out. He was just being squashed under the pressure and the burdens of being a faithful witness for his Lord. And he thought that he was beyond his power of endurance now. And he thought that he was going to die. And the people of Corinth didn't even know what he was going through. In fact, people, there were other people who were his enemies there at Corinth saying, you know, Paul doesn't care about us. He said he was going to come, but he didn't come. And the reason he didn't come is because he was going through these trials. He was being delayed because of persecution. And he wants them to, he wants them to know that I did come and I fought through, but we had gone through such a hard time. We had gone through something so difficult that we thought we were going to die. In verse 9, he says, Indeed, in our hearts we felt the sentence of death, but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. God doesn't want us to rely on ourselves, but to rely on Him. And this is a great blessing that can happen in the midst of a trial. This is a great blessing that we wouldn't seek any other way. We don't go out and seek troubles. Troubles will come. But when they do, God says, I want you to rely on me. It is during those times that we draw nearer to God. It is during those times that we come closer to God. And we actually find out that the trial that we went through had a better purpose than what we thought. In the message version, it translates verse 9 this way. As it turned out, it was the best thing that could have happened. So he's talking about the trials where he almost died. 
As it turned out, it was the best thing that could have happened. Instead of trusting in our own strength or wits to get out of it, we were forced to trust God totally. And so even though it's great that we go through trials so that we can help others, there's something even greater. And that is so that we will draw nearer to God and rely on Him. It is through our trials that we come closer to God. Every time I go through a difficult trial, there's three things that I see myself passing through every time. The first thing is I hate it. I just hate it. And I ask God to remove it and I ask God why and I complain. The second thing that I go through is usually a deep feeling. If it keeps getting worse, a feeling of hopelessness and despair. But the third thing that I have always seen happen, if I hold on and make it through that trial... And so far, by God's grace, I've made it. And that's why I can still stand here today. Is that I've drawn nearer to God than ever before. And that's what Paul is saying. Paul is saying that it turned out that the best thing that could have happened, happened because of this great trial. And that was that I was forced to rely on God. And I drew closer to God than ever before. I know him better now because of this trial. And he delivered me. Verse 10. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril. It happened. God delivered him. But you know what? The suffering, according to Paul, isn't yet over. Because he says, and he will deliver us. In other words, Paul anticipates that either he is still in trials right now and he will deliver us, or he anticipates that there's going to be future trials. And he certainly makes that clear in the end of the sentence in verse 10 when he says, on him, on God, we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us. And so we have trials now and we will have trials later. This is a reality of life. But the promise of life And the promise for the Christian is found in the promise that came to us through Jesus Christ, who after he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me, came back to life and said, I am returning to my God because of the resurrection. And it is the power of the resurrection that allows us to continue to rely on God. It is the power of the resurrection that gives us the strength so that we are able to get up even in the midst of difficult trials. I will rely on God. Can you say that with me? I will rely on God. I will rely on Him. God allows us to go through trials so that we can come closer to Him. So that we can trust him even more and know him even better. And the fourth bold statement that we can say in times of trial is this. I will ask for prayer. Can you say that with me? I will ask for prayer. Say it one more time. I will ask for prayer. In verse 11, Paul says, As you helped us by your prayers, then many will give thanks on our behalf. For the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many. At the end of verse 10, Paul has said that he anticipates problems to continue because he needs the continual deliverance. And he says in verse 11 that this deliverance is going to happen because you have helped us by your prayers. It is true that the greatest thing that you can give to somebody who is going through trials is prayer. 
You can pray for them and you can care for them through your prayers. We should show other ways of, of care as well by trying to be with people, by sharing in their tears, by trying to help them in physical ways. But the greatest power we have is in praying for them. It is in mutual intercession for each other. That when we are beyond ourselves and humanly we are impotent, we turn to God's omnipotence. And even though we are suffering, we turn to God's hope. And we share it with other people. And we share it in prayer. And we share our prayers with God for others. What do I pray for somebody who's going through trials? Our first three statements are what we can be praying for them. We know that God is with us in our trials. And we can pray for others that they would know that God is with them in their trials. We can also fellowship with others because of their sufferings. And we could pray that God would bring somebody to share their tears with them if we can't be with them. We can pray that others will come there and be their support to them in the midst of their difficulties. That God would surround them with people who care and with people who share with them. And then we can also pray for them that they will learn to rely on God more and more than at any other time because of their sufferings. God would have us to pray, not just for others, but even for ourselves as we go through sufferings. Um, a few months ago, a friend of, of ours, of mine, um, was going through a really hard time, and so, um, so we bought them a book, and um, this book is called The North Face of God. It's written by Ken Geyer. And, and if you are going through difficult times or you know somebody who's going through difficult times, I highly recommend this book, The North Face of God. And it's a book that helps us to go through times where their suffering is so great and we wonder where is God in our lives. Well, this was a few months ago and I, I gave this book to a friend. Well, a few weeks ago, I was going through a really, really hard week. It was just really painful. It was really difficult. And this friend um, had been praying for me and sharing with me. And so they, they sent me a prayer. And interesting enough, the prayer was in the book that I had given to them. And I see that as a picture of what God is teaching us here in this passage. Is that we go through sufferings. And God gives us gifts in the midst of those sufferings. So that we can give them back to others. That God is allowing you and me to go through difficult times so that we can share them with other people. And maybe you're going through a difficult time right now. And this prayer, I believe, really speaks to that type of pain. That you're wondering, where is God in the midst of this trial? It says, dear Lord, sometimes I feel like a stranger in a foreign land displaced and dispirited. The grief I carry is so heavy and I have carried it so long that sometimes I just want to sit down and have a good cry. I am tormented by all the joyful songs I'm expected to sing. But how can I sing those songs while I am where I am? In this land that is so foreign. With these feelings that are so foreign. Give me the lyrics 
I need, Lord, and the tune to go with them. Give me the strength to sing the songs I need to sing, along with the voices of others to sing with me. For I can't do this solo. I just can't. Connect me to other believers, Lord. Rope me to kindred spirits with caring hearts so that whatever valleys we must pass through, however dark, however deep, we will pass through them together. I'd like us to say this prayer together. Let's just say it together in unison. Dear Lord, sometimes I feel like a stranger in a foreign land, displaced and dispirited. The grief I carry is so heavy, and I have carried it so long that sometimes I just want to sit down and have a good cry. I am tormented by all the joyful songs I am expected to sing. But how can I sing those songs while I am where I am in this land that is so foreign with these feelings that are so foreign? Give me the lyrics I need, Lord, and the tune to go with them. Give me the strength to sing the songs I need to sing along with the voices of others to sing with me. For I can't do this as a solo. I just can't. Connect me to other believers, Lord. Rope me to kindred spirits with caring hearts so that whatever valleys we must pass through, however dark, however deep, we will pass through them together. Heavenly Father, we pray that just as Jesus bore our sins and our griefs, so we shall bear the pain of the sins and griefs of others. Lord, we cannot forgive them as you can. We cannot comfort them as you can. But we can be your instruments of your comfort to them. Lord, help us to be that kind of people. Help us to be the kind of person who would cry with those who are crying. Who would mourn with those who are mourning. Who would weep with those who are weeping. Thank you, Lord, that you are this kind of God to us. This kind of God who is the God of all compassion and the God of all comfort. In Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen.